0: it is said that if one touches or kisses the statue they will be struck dead unless that person is a virgin
1: it's not worth it guys corey's not dead he's a virgin he's a virgin (laughs) what a funny way to be outed as a virgin i swear i'm not you guys i don't know
0: why it didn't work (laughs) i don't know why i'm not dead
1: Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
0: And I'm her little
1: brother, William. And this week we are continuing our journey through the Urban Legends Wikipedia page and hitting up more of those bees. There are a lot of bees out there. In
0: the thick of the bees. Mm
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. So um, should I just take her away? I I
0: say go for it, right? We're going alphabetical, so technically you come first, the way that we split up our topics this week.
1: Yeah. My things are bummers. Oh, it's my things okay. are my things
0: are kind of cool. Oh, okay, good. So let one, let's do your two
1: bummers. We'll do it straight.
0: We'll do it straight. Yep. Yeah, so it's gonna be b- bummer central.
1: I tried to give them a spin, but okay. at the heart of both are bummers. Really?
0: Yes. Well, I've got some bangers. Okay, great. Bummers and bangers.
1: That's how it goes. Sometimes. On the back half. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, so first we are going to talk about the dog boy, Gerald or Gerald Bettis, depending on who you talk to. I
0: was worried that this would be a bummer. Really? I,
1: what did you think?
0: Because I, it made me think. <laughs> it's like, again, we so we've been doing this periodically where we just pick up where we left off with covering urban legends. So go back in the feed for other cool urban legends. But something that happens with this is usually we we very specifically pick our own topics each week for the show. Right. And usually we're writing some sort of like a a wave of interest that we've presently got or we're always looking for things that are like fun, spooky, right? Yep. Um, But by going straight down this Wikipedia page, We've actually relinquished control. Yes, it's it's not up to us what we cover. We've had
1: to surrender
0: whatever Wikipedia says an urban legend is, and they're often wrong.
1: Yeah, yes, like definitely. in
0: terms of like official te- uh, terminology, right. We must cover. Mm-hmm. So I saw Dog Boy, and my first gut was like, "Sweet, I wonder what the Dog Boy is going to be." Yeah. Then it made me think about this old-fashioned, like the concept of a circus having a freak show. Oh God! Right? Yeah. And how sometimes to my understanding it was often people with some sort of yes birth defect yes who are being exploited
1: you know there is this book that was like a cool book yeah when i was in my early 20s i read it all my friends loved it i wonder if they actually i think they did actually love it and then i read it and i was like yeah i love it too but it was such a bummer it's called geek love and it's about like a circus sort of situation and how sad oh, like it a, is. like a
0: circus geek? Yes. Like biting the heads off of chickens? Yes. That terminology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a bummer.
1: It's a huge bummer.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like the book for you specifically.
1: I know, I know. I feel like my friends might be made of hardier stuff, Something to so they tug might your have actually like. It's like a cult classic book, so okay. um, they may have actually liked it. But I read it and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, I'm upset now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um no it's not that kind of thing i also similarly thought it'd be something like that i was like this is going to be the the canine equivalent of like the bat boy or right something. yeah 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 mm-hmm. uh no no it's terrible i'll tell you right up front why they call him the dog boy it was a horrifically violent person who seemed like they were violent from childhood what this guy gerald bettis And he collected cats and dogs, had a ton of them. What? And people could hear him torturing them.
0: Oh my God.
1: And that's why he was called the dog boy. That's
0: the anti dog boy. I
1: completely agree. <laughs> got it totally backwards. Yeah, he's the enemy to all dogs. Oh the god, no,
0: the no dog boy. Right. The
1: don't let him
0: have a dog boy.
1: Keep dogs away from him, boy. Yeah. No, but it eventually culminates in a haunting story. So then, at least so it was at least that. we at
0: least we know he's dead.
1: Yes, he is dead. Okay. Well, dead so, is a doornail. Well,
0: thank, thank God you. for that.
1: It's terrible. So I'm not going to dwell too much <laughs> on. this guy but basically in the 1950s he was this like super aggressive little kid who then turned into an aggressive teen and then a scary man Um, He was like super tall and big and got bullied for it, which certainly didn't help. But he seemed to metabolize that cruelty and turn it outward onto animals and his parents. So he eventually went to prison for parental abuse and multiple drug offenses and then died there in 1988. Oh, my God. This is where the story uh, the paranormal angle of the dog boy begins. Oh, dog Thank boy. Thank God there's something. So the house that this family lived in... <laughs>
0: to be clear, you just sped... <laughs> you went immediately to the death.
1: <laughs> William? You got as
0: quickly to the death I as I don't
1: recommend unless... You know, whatever. Some people might be fine. Don't
0: look at the life. Look at the death.
1: Some people might be fine with it. If you're curious, you could look up the dog boy and see what I've seen. This was a bad mamma jamma. Okay. Very bad. Very, very bad. So, yeah, I did kind of skip it. Most of, like, what I was reading was about, like, the the real life of Gerald Bettis. And I was like, oh, God. Uh, So... The house that they lived in, that family lived in, was constructed in the late 1800s and it changed hands several times, both before and after they lived there in the 80s. Okay. So I don't think that anybody lived there between the Bettis family and the Weavers, um, who are, I believe, the first family to experience ghostly activity there, um, because even though Gerald Bettis was in prison, his father Lloyd died in the 80s. I didn't write it down because I wasn't going to say it but now i'll say it um he he fell down the stairs and people think that gerald probably pushed him down the stairs and died gerald also shoved him out a window and the dad had to hang on for dear life while a neighbor like called the authorities or something and they got him up
0: that's horrifying
1: and his mother left the house for adult protective care after Gerald was sent to prison, and she presumably passed there.
0: It's like a genuine living hell. It's
1: honestly horrible. Right,
0: you're living with your child, and and you tried to protect them, and then they grow up to be the most monstrous thing in the world.
1: Not only monstrous mentally, but he was really big and strong. So
0: he was capable of, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, we record this show live Mm -hmm. on YouTube, and so I can tell you that our mom is in the chat right now. She's not liking it. With a zinger, she wrote, oh, what a great guy. And then a bunch of emojis. Mom, you said it.
1: Mom, you are absolutely right. She's got the crying face emoji, covering your eyes emoji, and gritted teeth emoji. I can't think of three better suited emojis. For I feel
0: this. all those emojis. I
1: do too. I do, I do too. Uh, so it was when the Weaver family bought the house and moved in there in the late uh, yeah in the late nineties that there were first reports of paranormal activity. Tony Weaver um who was like I actually they didn't really elaborate on like what the family structure is I think that it was at least a husband and wife and the husband's name was Tony uh he reported seeing somebody dressed as a World War 1 soldier looking in at him through a foyer window into the living room okay I was surprised by this. I thought it was going to be... That feels like it's out of left I thought it going to be Dog Boy all the way. Yeah. That's the only time we're going to hear about something that is, like, that distinct and out of left field. Okay. I don't know what happened. I wonder... I'm not saying this. I wonder if anybody has said, oh, this place was haunted previously. Maybe that drove Gerald Bettis mad or Oh, something.
0: some... Right. You know. Well, that's, like, the, the DeFeo yep. killings mm-hmm. in, in Amityville, right? Like, yep. was the house haunted and it pushed him to kill his whole family mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. I, I didn't find that but i just would not be surprised because if it's world war one which is obviously way before any of this happens yeah. then it could be like well this haunting has been here since that time did it affect him yeah yeah i, I don't think so obviously yeah, but it seems whatever like
0: dog boy had his own
1: yes. things going on yeah he was on his own journey <laughs> Um, so he also said that lights in the home turned on and off and that one night floating pennies drifted down the stairs and then all stopped at once and fell to the ground in front of his wife unnamed
0: pennies pennies specifically pennies yes so we know what was going on there what buggy ding dong from ghost William remember in the subway yes Patrick Swayze learns how to scoot pennies because of that train man He teaches him how to pit to,
1: to push pennies pushing pennies so I guess somebody was teaching the dog boy and he took to it so that he could actually levitate them and make them float I like
0: that you put you put your hands out like Magneto or something <laughs> you know when Magneto escapes from his plastic prison I
1: love that part <laughs> I love rises. it when he does that yeah 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 that's, so good. that's
0: dog boy with a bunch of pennies a
1: bunch of pennies well what I also thought of is that we talked about this one episode of the new unsolved mysteries uh, on the show at one point and it was called I think it was called the Paranormal Rangers or the Navajo Rangers. And they said at one point that like quarters were like falling yeah. from the ceiling in mm-hmm. their house. Yeah, that's right. So floating change or at least change where you don't expect it.
0: Because presumably it's smaller, it's lighter. Maybe right. it is whatever energy it might take for a ghost to, mm-hmm. to affect change in the physical world. Yeah, Maybe coins are easier to move.
1: Yeah, maybe. Right. I yeah, don't know. I don't and know. And they're around. They're around. I suppose. Sure. Part of the thing with this is, like you said, I had to do it because we were doing yeah, you
0: you were urban legends. Right.
1: But I will say some of the haunting stuff is not quite as typical as just like lights flicking on and off, which I know I just said or hearing like woo, it's like kind of interesting. I thought that was one of them. Um, So this family called Casper, C-A-S-P-R, the Central Arkansas Society for Paranormal Research. Great name. Great name. Perfect. For help. And then they left the home six months later, unable to take it, and they decided to sell the house. And so then this starts a process of, like, renting it out to people who are now experiencing things on their own, and then they vacate. Right. So the first people this happened to were Quentin and Stephanie White, who uh, experienced strange things in-house like the commode flushing on its own. No. hmm <laughs> The nightmare. To not be able to do it yourself.
0: Sometimes it's a nightmare to when it... To
1: steal that joy from you. These
0: ghosts. It's usually a nightmare when someone doesn't flush. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Real maybe they were, giving, they were giving courtesy flushes in the middle of the night.
1: Maybe. Or maybe like either Quentin or Stephanie didn't flush and the ghost was just taking care of it for them. So actually, a very benevolent ghost. Yeah, I
0: guess so. Hmm.
1: It's all about perspective.
0: Remember when Trump was talking about flushing a toilet like 15, yes. 16 times?
1: Yes. Could that have
0: had some sort of a paranormal
1: angle? <laughs> paranormal repercussions. <laughs> yes. that have, and I mean, I know this was the late 90s, but they do say these things. They don't really obey time and space. It's true. So mm-hmm. it very well may have affected this home. Uh, one day, Quentin was working on the house, like fixing stuff, while he was on the phone with Stephanie. And he heard this crash upstairs while he was on the phone with her. He went upstairs to investigate, and he said that there had been a pile of two-by-fours that he had all stacked up to do whatever they were doing, and they were all standing up. Oh, wow. So it wasn't elaborated on, but I like to imagine that they were standing up separate from each other, Mm -hmm. not this big pile just kind of like tilted now to be upright and there's almost like weird like gravestones or something or like a forest that's Mm -hmm. what i imagine like vertical
0: but that's also makes me think of the (laughs) ghostbusters stacking of books right no human could stack books like (laughs) no absolutely
1: not uh so they only lived there for a few months they were again just like this is too weird we got to get out of here so that guy the first guy tony weaver continued to own and show the house to prospective buyers. To prospective buyers, and weird things even happened to people who were coming by. Uh, One person brought their dog with them to check out the house and Uh, oh i didn't even make that connection dog boy of course dog boy duh but anyway the dog wouldn't go inside the house like she was trying to. yeah i know smart dog smart dog yes um another family that was walking through were walking by the living room and all of a sudden the recliner in the living room just fully reclined like somebody was chilling out in it and it stayed that way the whole time they were there
0: wait wait. how long were they there
1: I don't know. I don't know. They were doing like a, a house
0: tour. Oh, it was right? a house tour. They didn't live yeah. there for like a few weeks. Oh, and no, 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 it, was no. it was always in the reclined position. Sorry,
1: No, it was somebody who was coming in to like do uh, a right. house tour to see if they would want to live there. It, that
0: was Dog Boy going, I could get used to this. Yeah. kicking back and putting his feet up.
1: Nothing wrong with this situation uh so one time when weaver was over there by himself he put some glasses and a prescription down on a table and he was like i guess they're to like fix some things up and he was super frustrated that the house wasn't selling and he said out loud quote these darn spooks i'm tired of taking care of this place then he like went about his business, was fixing whatever he needed to fix. And when he was going to leave, he went to pick up his glasses and his prescription on the way out. And he couldn't find them anywhere.
0: Oh! So it was like he like
1: pissed off the spirits. And they were like, oh, really? You got a problem? And they stole his glasses and his RX. <laughs>
0: who am I? Who? Hey, look, who, look at me. Who am I? And the ghost <laughs> is wearing his glasses, eating oh. his prescriptions.
1: Oh, I love antacids. Oh. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so while continuing to fix up the house, I really like this guy. There was a renovator named Ed Munnerlin, who was a former pilot for FedEx, and he would always work on the house at night because during during the day, word had gotten around that this was like a haunted house. So now looky-loos were coming by, and it was yeah. like a pain in the ass. So he decided he'll just do all of his construction at night. And here's a quote about his time in the house from Arkansas Online. Quote, I'm a rational person. I don't believe in the paranormal, but since I've been working on that place, I feel very uncomfortable, like someone's watching me. Uh, He said, he also claims to have seen spirits several times. Quote, when I pull up into the driveway of the house at night, I see a man looking down at me. He's dressed in a brown jacket and a bow tie, like from another time period.
0: Brown jacket and a bow tie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that doesn't sound like Gerald uh, Badass. Dog boy, yeah. Right. So, you know, if we're going with what these people say, maybe this is previously haunted by know, like other World
0: people. World War 1 soldier and now a
1: fancy boy with a bow tie. A fancy boy. <laughs> so, an extension to the house is where Munerlin claims to have seen the ghost of Gerald Bettis himself looking at him several times. Ugh. This is another direct quote. He was this huge, weird-looking cat with long brown hair, creepy eyes, and great big arms and hands. He walked right in front of me and glared at me. Ew. Right after I saw him, he walked through the hall and disappeared. That,
0: the, the, that brings to mind the, the notion, and I think a few things have done this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like movies, I mean, where it's like somebody was dangerous in life. Yeah. And then beyond their death, they almost just don't, they don't stop. The it, frighteners. That's what I was about to, exactly what I was about to say, the Frighteners. Yeah. yeah, where there was a guy who was a serial killer. Jake Busey. Jake Busey. And then he used to count his, you know, his body count, right, mm-hmm. how many people that he had murdered. And then from beyond the grave, he kept killing. Yeah. So his body count was getting higher and higher and higher. Yep. And it's like, Dog Boy.
1: Is still is a still, scary guy.
0: He's still there. And he's dangerous.
1: Well, I, we've said this before. Like, if ghosts are real and stuff, like, I don't know, you might be kind of what you were like in life mm-hmm. when you're in death. And maybe you can still develop as a person in maybe. the afterlife. Maybe you, oh, could you think change? the dog boy. Maybe is... you could be. Sh- no, I'm not saying dog boy. dead. doesn't sound like it from what, you're from you're Mar- angling Mar- justice <laughs> for dog boy. <laughs> no, nope, nope. Lower that flag. I am not angling justice for dog boy. I'm talking theoretically, perhaps if it's the afterlife, right? Maybe you can, you can grow and
0: learn change. and maybe develop. you could also
1: become an even worse asshole. Way
0: worse. yeah, who yeah. knows? Who knows? I like that uh, the, the guy that you just quoted was like, and there he was. this cat was huge don't call dog boy a cat
1: honestly when i first read that when i was doing the research i had to go back because i was like is he holding a huge cat what did i (laughs) misread?" and then i understood that he was calling him like a cat he was
0: being cool like
1: a groovy guy uh he also said that this guy the worker guy uh experienced what felt like a cold wind blowing down his neck quote sometimes i hear something slam or someone walking across the floor but i can't see anything they let me know that they're there hmm So in 2005, Casper, that ghost group, came back to investigate the house headed by the founder Kathy, nope, Karen Schillings, who originally spoke to the Weavers when activity first cropped up. So she talked to them in the late 90s and then came back to do her own investigation, probably like, let's guess like seven years ago or something the group visited on two occasions and they found cold spots that were 10 to 15 degrees cooler than the temperature of the home otherwise as well as electromagnetic fields that didn't make sense Uh, also a team member felt like something touched them and they also recorded strange activity like orbs flying through walls and strange flashing lights and they took two tape recordings of them but one of the tapes went missing and they said that was one that had the most compelling evidence on it well
0: that's a shame what a shame. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, we had proof. We had hard proof. and
1: It went missing. it
0: Plum disappeared. It was probably the ghost. I guess they'll just have to trust us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that group also called in a medium who said that they made contact with the spirit of Gerald Bettis and that he cursed at them, telling them to get out. Which sounds about sounds, right. that
0: sounds exactly right. What do yeah, you exactly. what are you what are you expecting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I don't know, they could have talked to Bowtie guy right. or World War One guy, but they got the most famous guy and he was a super right. jerk just like he was in life.
0: What does the Ouija board say? Go <laughs> kick. <laughs> Rocks.
1: Jared. <laughs> Gerald. He was rude. Yeah. Dog boy was rude to us. That's the thing about this. Dude. I'm surprised. I know. So that is the story of the dog boy. I seriously thought it was going to be like, I remember we were planning to do this episode. Like we were figuring out how many topics we should each do. And I was like, Oh, let's do three. And you're like, let's do four. I have a, I have a feeling dog boy is going to be short. And I was like, no, I, I agreed. I was like, no, you're totally right. Cause I thought it was just going to be like a fake Bad boy situation.
0: Another sign of my psychic abilities, <laughs> as it was foretold. In,
1: as has been foretold by many walking in psychics. the episode
0: Mystic Willie. They told me that I had uh, a third eye. I was Beguest. blessed with the sight. Well,
1: and we all do. I'm sure that it's just how active yours is, or not.
0: I bet Dog Boy will be short and nice. I said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now let's talk about another bummer story. That's also cool though dynamite yeah all right this is the story of black Aggie okay so this is a fully awesome huge statue of a seated woman draped in cloth hung around her like a cloak with a hood okay so just picture that in your mind uh that used to be at the Agnes family burial plot in Baltimore's Druid Ridge Cemetery in the 50s and 60s Great cemetery name. I love that name. Also, Druid Ridge. Yeah. As an aside, thank you to people who reached out to me to tell me that it wasn't weird to walk in a cemetery if I wanted to. We got that a was lot, very nice.
0: We got a lot of cemetery feedback from people and yeah. and some ongoing. I do want to look. I want to figure out a good angle to talk about cemeteries themselves because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be interesting. It's it's historically interesting. Yeah. It's it's subject matter wise interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I
1: think it's an interesting whatever i think it's an interesting um like ritual that we we decide to do upon death Uh and that has like endured for so many years and and is commonplace now but if you think about it like it's i mean i guess what else are you gonna do but it's interesting that we like have people in the ground and we have these markers for them and it's like almost the most prevalent way to uh memorialize yeah. the
0: dead yeah, uh, and and not even just that but like to a certain extent just driving around right mm-hmm. like i feel like i drive past like two cemeteries every single day oh, anytime yeah. i leave the house you drive past a cemetery or two to the point that like you almost stop paying attention to them mm-hmm. but then when you turn and you look and you focus i was driving past the piscataway old town burial yes ground. And they've, and it's large. It's It's a big, it's not, and like they've got like this old sign with the classic like angel head flanked on wings thing or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this
1: is so cool. And I drive past it. I never look at it. I know it's so significant to some, to many someone. To many someone's. You know what I mean? Maybe? But it's it's strange. That it's so commonplace, and it's so strange, even where they're placed. Although yeah. obviously there's only so much land or whatever. But it's strange that there's even the opportunity yeah. for you to be driving past something that's like so meaningful yeah. and not think anything of it. Yeah. And so widespread. Again, it makes sense because there are like a billion humans. You're just listening to your Han-
0: Hanson cassettes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: and. uh... <laughs> Sorry, I came up with that joke and I didn't have anywhere else to go.
1: It was quite good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so put a pin in that or keep sending yeah. in your your cemetery suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be cu- curious to, to talk about cemeteries specifically. Yeah. So yeah. If anybody has any fun information or something, feel free to send it in. Yeah. Uh, GTTupod at gmail.com. Keep it yes. coming.
1: Yes, but it was very sweet. Thank you to people who were like, "It's you can do that. It's not weird, whatever. Yep. Um, And yeah, we're definitely going to do something with that. Okay, so this this person in the cemetery, Black Aggie, was in Druid Ridge Cemetery in the 50s and 60s, and it has a cool spooky urban legend attached to it, and then an interesting sad backstory. Yeah. So here is the fun stuff first. It was said that if you went to the statue at night, classically, her eyes would turn red. Mm-hmm. Uh, pregnant women were warned to stay far away from the statue. Did we
0: research the same thing? Uh-oh. Is this possible? No, it would be my fault, because you told me exactly... <laughs> Uh, uh, what you needed Black Aggie no I looked up Black Angel okay very similar yeah okay. yeah, yeah 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 okay All right. maybe I'm it's sorry. just like maybe
1: what they do for yeah. urban legends with statues and cemeteries maybe. Um, so if you sat on her lap at midnight you would die within two weeks that's my favorite one Wow. I feel like that's just a, it's a perfect teenagery dare one.
0: It totally is. Because yeah. then he can be like, S- sit in her lap.
1: Yeah, right, uh, right. Judith. And many did. Yeah. Many did. And if you looked into her eyes after dark, specifically, you could be struck blind. <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> I always think about these things as like cheat codes, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, man, I really hope I am dead in two weeks. Wait, I know what to do. I'll go sit in her lap.
1: Yeah, I'll go sit on Black Aggie's lap. That's a guaranteed way. Done. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Also, I think it's bold for one of these urban legends to be that you'll be, I guess they didn't say immediately, but that you could be struck blind without there being sort of like a time, uh, not limit, but like, you know, you could sit in her lap and then you're supposed to die in two weeks. Two weeks. So you don't automatically know that it didn't work. Sure. If you look into her eyes and you're not struck blind,
0: right. then you, you know it didn't work. You already know that this is a crock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two weeks is there just so that you can be like, oh, now yeah. what? Right. You're just waiting, looking at the clock.
1: Even the ring tape had seven days. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you could just be like, it's, it just hasn't happened yet. Or
0: you Basically. could write it off and be like, no, it's not real. And then yeah. as the seven days creep closer, you start getting nervous. Yeah. So yeah, but like if you look into her eyes and you still can see. You're
1: like, all right sweet that one wasn't real I but i think I, we should still stay away from the lap
0: or that one wasn't real maybe i shouldn't believe in anything <laughs> all right maybe maybe
1: so uh teens would obviously go to the cemetery and dare each other to do it because there wasn't a lot of security at the time and by 1967 black aggie had been moved from her post so that they couldn't do it anymore ah. and i will have follow-up on where black aggie ended up okay so like what is the dealer what's the backstory Let's go back in time to yes, understand. I would love to. In 1885, Marion Clover Adams was a socialite in Washington, D.C. and one of America's first photographers. When her father died, she was completely distraught, so she drank her photo-developing chemicals to kill herself. Oh, my God. See? Well, it's sad,
0: but there's also, like, a uh, an odd... like yeah. Like kill yourself with your noted hobby I know
1: yeah it, there's like a I don't know there's a a grim yeah there's a storyline there a story yeah, of, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, her husband, Henry Adams, who was the great grandson of President John Adams and the grandson of President John Quincy Adams, I did not remember that there yeah. was a father son president team, mm-hmm. uh, was understandably devastated and he commissioned one of the most famous sculptors in the world at the time, Augustus St. Gaudens. I don't know, it's about like gardens with a U. God- oh, Godens.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: I'm assuming we obviously have a great grasp on the French here at Guides of the Unknown, Mon- Major uh Major, <laughs> so he, he commissioned him to create a sculpture immemorial memorial for his wife's grave. It never had an official name, um, but people, would, some people would call it Grief, or they would just call it the Adams Memorial. So it became a tourist destination because the sculpture. I mean, it really is. It is pretty amazing if you want to Google Black Addy or or something, or Black Aggie, um, because the sculpture really conveyed such sadness and palpable loss that it was kind of fascinating to look at. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it is really good. And also, it's huge and ornate. And back then, you couldn't see that kind of thing just all the time everywhere. Yeah. And so you weren't desensitized to it. Like, it, it was a fascination to go see something like this. So people were doing that and um adams tried to kind of shroud it at one point among trees and shrubs just for you know obviously it's a public thing but just for a little privacy it must be weird to have it feel like it's sort of a spectacle yeah um your loved one's grave and uh but people still came they still figured it out and there were requests to replicate it but he refused all of them but then a sculptor named edward l.a pausch did it anyway
0: oh Edgar, come L- on, LA. Edward. Yeah. He, oh, some, some, some mover and shaker. Coastal mm-hmm. Los Angelino.
1: That's right. At first, I, I wrote that it was LA's Edward Pouch, and I was right. like, oh, La La Land is already capitalizing on other people's work. Oh, tight, and bro. Then, and then I read it, and I was like, oh, that's a sick sculpture, bro. Uh, It'd be a shame I'll... if somebody copied it. Yeah, it would suck if someone replicated it without your consent. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Around this same time, Felix Agnes of Baltimore purchased a cemetery plot for his family and he was in the market for a, a fancy way to decorate it. He, this guy, I mean, it's kind of incidental, but it's kind of neat. He lived a pretty cool life. Uh, he was a world traveler or, originally from France, a multiple time soldier, including the American civil war, a silver craftsman from Tiffany's and then had a, uh, Career change over to becoming a Baltimore newspaper publisher. Jesus. Scott really lived a lot of lives. Doing everything? Yeah. Taking all the jobs from everyone? Yeah. Yeah. What about everybody else? No one else shall have a job but me. That's why Pouch had to copy this guy's sculpture, yeah. because he tried to do a bunch of other jobs, but Agnes took all of them. Oh, that.
0: sick. Looks like you're not a sculptor anymore.
1: Oh, nice. I'll take that job. <laughs> uh, so he bought this sculpture from Pouch, and he got a pedestal to put it on, which is similar to the Adams one. Okay. Uh, he later said he had no idea that it was a knockoff, and the widow of Augustus St. Augustus gaudens was furious when she found out about it. But the Agnes family ke- or Angus family kept it, and Felix, his wife Annie, and his mother all eventually occupied the block with Black Aggie mourning outside. Okay. It was soon after their deaths that the urban legend about Black Aggie started up, and teens started coming by. and it became a rite of passage and often like a frat dare thing so coming with that meant that there was vandalism and obviously it had a lot of notoriety and it made the remaining agnes family uneasy so they donated the statue to the smithsonian institute in dc in 1967. uh the museum wasn't really interested in displaying her i think it may have been the kind of thing where they're like i see this is very meaningful to you right but like the agnes family is not like famous in or angus I, i think i keep typoing it let me see it must be agnes black
0: yeah. aggie so yeah that's what I'm probably
1: thinking. yeah um yeah it's important to you but it's not like the agnes family is like an i know the Institute. smithsonian
0: is is pretty
1: yeah like she, you gotta she. be yeah yeah uh so yeah they weren't really interested and then she was in storage for years because of that because they didn't want to put her on display but i guess they still took the donation or whatever yeah Um, so people still talk about their nights in Druid Cemetery with Black Aggie, so the legend never totally went away, and because of that, in 1996, a reporter named Shara Terjeune researched and found out that Black Aggie has been on display in an out-of-the-way courtyard of the National Courts Building in D.C. since 1987. This is on the east side of Lafayette Square, where, sadly and strangely, Marion Clover Adams took her life and kicked off this whole thing.
0: Whoa. Coincidentally? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's pretty incredible.
1: Is it coincidental?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know. But the only person who could have told on. me would be you. Yeah, and I can't tell you.
0: <laughs> that's pretty incredible though. I don't know.
1: hmm
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So that's Black Aggie. Black Aggie. Yep. I like it. And it is a cool I just pulled it up on the, the screen for anybody who may be yeah, in the, the video version. And it's very, very neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the like Fabric quality that's that's in this statue and the it's the like the draping is superb. The draping it's almost faceless, right?
1: No, there is a face. I think it's there just kind of like set. It's just a
0: low res image of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's no, very... no. The face is good. It, yeah, the face is good.
1: <laughs> the face is good.
0: <laughs> it's a good face. Hey, good good job on the face sculptor. Yeah, the my face favorite part is of it. good.
1: That's right.
0: Cool. All right, well, everybody, those are two urban legends that had bummer pasts. Yeah. Now listen, I'm not gonna tell you that my urban legends don't have some grim backstory i cannot pretend
1: this happens that to be the
0: case Mm -hmm. however i came across a few uh descriptions about my urban legends that were so like diabolically sinister (laughs) i kind of couldn't believe it and for a good reason i could not believe it
1: oh excellent for i
0: believe them to be counterfeit of course i think i'll be reading some lies to you in a few minutes
1: i can't wait but before then we're gonna tell you some truths (laughs) yes some hard truths that we need you to take in You may not like hearing this, but you have to. That's right. So we have a Patreon. I know. Grown. But if you go to patreon.com slash gttupod, you can help support the show, which is humongous to us. And we so appreciate it. And as a thank you in return, we have a whole second podcast that is only accessible through Patreon called The Netherworld Dispatch that comes out weekly. So yep. you can get double the Guide to the Unknown every week if that's something that you're interested in. And we have a bunch of tiers that should be able to fit any lifestyle.
0: Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm. poke around, see what fits your your way of life best. Yep. But basically, no matter what tier you pick at this point, you're going to get a bunch of shows. Oh, yeah. We even put Ghost Adventures Adventures on the $1 tier. So yes. now all tiers have some form of bonus material.
1: Yeah, that's right. And also, there's a $1 tier previously just housed acts. Ax- to our discord mm-hmm. which all the tiers get access to and it's popping off every single day it's great
0: it is and our most recent episode of the netherworld dispatch was all about this 70s show yeah. sort of a precursor in ways to unsolved mysteries it was a show called in search of mm-hmm. hosted by leonard nimoy of uh, star trek mr spock yes and so we watched an episode all about can plants talk and there was a weird stoner <laughs> Kept, yeah, it was awesome. Every time he talked about people having a green thumb, which is a phrase about gardening, you yeah. can garden very well. He'd be like, there are some of us who have a green thumb. Who? <laughs> 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 when I was editing it, Him giggling every time he said "green thumb" stood out more and more. Where I was like, I feel like maybe that that. they had just figured out this phrase as a euphemism for people who smoke pot or something, because he (laughs) keeps giggling every time he says "green thumb."
1: (laughs) This guy is an apple-cheeked, smiley little delight.
0: Kristen described him as a cheech and chong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nature Santa.
0: Nature Santa. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) which made me laugh so much. Yeah, he was awesome. So go check that out. We also covered the In Search of Bigfoot Mm -hmm. episode, and there's always going to be more coming too. Another World Dispatch. So that's patreon.com slash. GTTU pod.
1: We'd love to have you.
0: Uh, we'd also appreciate it if you would give us a review on Apple Podcasts yes, or Spotify. Yes, the road to
1: 1,000.
0: Guess how many reviews we have, Kristen. How many? 872.
1: Nice! And
0: it's it, we've gotten some terrific five-star reviews recently. Oh, the journey continues. Like uh, this most recent one from Amy, who said, fun podcast. I love this podcast. I enjoy the spooky subject matter, covered in an entertaining way. Great chemistry between the hosts, since they are siblings. Thank you, Amy, and to Thank everybody you. Else who has reviewed recently, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you are not on Apple, I do want to say that Spotify has their own rating system. Yeah, I always overlook it, but I checked Mm -hmm. it. We've got a 4.9 out of 5. Oh, good with a good almost 300 reviews on there. Oh my god, really? So, to some extent, if you combine them, we're we're already over a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't wow,
1: thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Yeah.
0: Um, all right let's let's dive right into uh, talking about some of these other urban legends. Yes. So since we're going alphabetically, we're getting into a whole spade of them and it doesn't even stop in this right. episode with like uh, you did Black Aggie. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Black angel yes and it's a very similar kind of story. It is a folklore legend according to Wikipedia that describes a statue in Iowa City. That is said to be cursed, Uh-oh. specifically based on the death of Teresa Feldevert. Okay. All right. Now I've pulled up this grave on the screen behind us in the video version. You can always uh, click in the show notes mm-hmm. or or go to YouTube to look up the video version. And so this statue, it is an angel. Uh, uh, it's like it almost looks like it's uh, black, but it's evidently yeah. it's copper that okay. has uh, a become, patina. Yeah, a black patina, Batina. Patina over it. And uh it's for the Feldivert family, Feldvertova, evidently. Mm -hmm. Uh and Teresa Feldivert, it says, born eighteen thirty-five, dead blank. Oh.
1: There's no missing.
0: There's no death date Uh for Teresa Feldvert. Which I think is solely the reason for any attention to this grave I mean obviously it's got a really wild statue at the top of the headstone Right. this angel who sort of has like her head cast downward you can't really see her face and And
1: one of the wings is in like traditional angel wing position and the other one is like aloft
0: yes one of them is raised up with one of her arms as well it's very sort of like uh, graceful Mm -hmm. looking but it is a black angel statue on top of this grave that has no death date Yeah. so rumors abound Worse. no she's not missing you would ask maybe she doesn't have a death date because she never was found or some sort of disappearance mm. no she she died it's a it's a little sad ah. why there's no death date there but but we'll get to it i did find um some of the all right there's a there's a relatively i'm gonna use the word inflammatory okay <laughs> to me this was outrageous yeah um, I found a website called puzzleboxhorror.com. I think I've used this before. Okay, I, I'm not super familiar with it. I just remember the name. But this is how they, they their short description. Teresa Feldevert was a mysterious woman. Rumor has it, she was a witch. Oh. And cast a curse upon any who might disturb her family's eternal resting place. Yikes. Ooh, sounds very arch. Yeah. She was a witch. Yeah, of course. With no death date. Perhaps she lives on. Oh, Ooh, maybe. Or maybe she was just a lady who in 1835 lived a long and complicated life. Sure. Uh, so. Yeah, maybe she like showed an ankle one time and they were like, witch. <laughs> a witch. <laughs> yeah. No, it's even weaker than that. There's nothing. Mm. There's no reason why anybody would think that she was a witch for yeah. my research. So, um, uh, Teresa Feldevert moved to Iowa City from
1: Bohemia. Ooh.
0: Now she in made the a Czech Republic,
1: gal. how about
0: that Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody? Uh-huh. Uh huh. She she uh, got married, had a son. The son died. She had a um, uh, a bronze angel statue made in Chicago, and then it was transported to Iowa City to be placed in the cemetery in 1915. Evidently, when she got the statue, she was not happy with it oh. at all. She had thought that she was going to be getting a copper statue that was, like, bright and shining. Mm -hmm. But the sculptor had crafted this, like, this, you know, copper statue with a heavy, dark patina on it. Because he was like, well, you're putting it in a graveyard. Oh, You don't put a big, bright. You put something a little more subdued subdued and somber in a graveyard. So there was, like, there was a lawsuit. She refused to pay for this. And he sued her and won. So there's a lot of uh, uh, stink about this story.
1: Maybe he said that up front or something and she didn't hear it or something. Yeah, I have no idea.
0: But uh, evidently she later got married uh, to Nicholas Feldevert, which is where her last name came from, and he died. His ashes were placed in a repository at the base of the statue. Mm -hmm. When Teresa died in 1924, she is dead. Her ashes were placed beside her husband's. Though the monument displays Teresa's birthdate, there is no sign of a death date. As I mentioned, now yeah. why is that? Why is that? Well, it's because she died without very much money, and she. Oh, as, sh- oh man! This was this whole thing was commissioned decades prior, right? Or years prior, and by the time that she died, there was not much money to her name, and I guess evidently that meant there was not enough money to update her gravestone with her death date
1: wow so, i can't believe that doesn't come with it when you pay for it in advance
0: i i don't know <laughs> i can't pretend to have any idea how these things work I'm especially especially not in the early nine you know 19 of numbers. course I have,
1: I have no idea i would think if you're paying for the i would think it'd be the whole kit and caboodle
0: yeah you only paid for four numbers <sighs> yeah like hmm. what's
1: what a hell? shame
0: you can't afford the final four numbers <laughs> right? it's nuts now that you're dead yeah so um Now, what do we have? Mm. We've got a story of a woman who lived a a human life. Yeah. Who then died. And because of circumstances outside anyone's control, there's no death date. And so people start looking at this thing with a statue of an angel on top and they go, I bet she was a witch. (laughs) I.
1: (laughs) <laughs> my, my conclusion would have been she's a witch but it does paint a picture like there's a black angel on top of this thing there's no death day i'd be like what the hell is going on here Methinks a <laughs> witch
0: she might be just ri- ridiculous so yeah, it is ridiculous uh from wikipedia many students and surrounding residents of iowa city visit the statue the biggest night of attraction is halloween Where students and residents gather around the statue, some test their luck by touching or kissing the statue. Yeah. Black.
1: Yeah.
0: Gross. Pigeons be pooping on that thing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And also a bunch of other people are kissing it.
0: I know. You smooching everybody that smooched the statue. Yeah, yeah. It is said that if one touches or kisses the statue, they will be struck dead. Unless that person is a virgin.
1: It's not worth it, guys. Corey's not dead. He's a virgin. He's a virgin. <laughs> what a funny way to be outed as a virgin. I swear I'm not, you guys. Oh. I don't know why it didn't work.
0: So <laughs> I don't know funny. why I'm not dead.
1: <sighs> I should
0: have been dead as a nail <laughs> <laughs> when I kissed that statue. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so funny
0: I told you I had that wild idea
1: but I guess all the cool kids won't be around to make fun of him because they'll all be dead
0: right yes yeah. exactly
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> so actually agree. Corey's the
0: last one standing standing surrounded by the dead the fallen cool kids from his school <laughs> say, yeah uh, well, at least well, no one knows yeah <laughs> oh but I'm gonna come back alive <laughs> when I come back alive and everyone else is dead they're gonna know oh, geez. Ah! <laughs> then you move. I'm a good man. I've never had sex before. <laughs> if anyone knows that reference? Feel free to email. Okay.
1: I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. <laughs> I've never had sex, sex before. <laughs> before.
0: <laughs> vandals have damaged the statue, as vandals of often do.
1: They love to damage statues. Vandals
0: love to damage <laughs> They've evidently stolen some fingers oh. off the hand. Why are we doing this?
1: Come on. What are we up to? Yeah, I know. It sucks.
0: Um, and But the, some insane rumors about the statue. Um, <laughs> they get out of control. Because let's jump back to, uh, what is it called?
1: Puzzleboxhorror.com. You know would be the worst? If they stole things so she's doing the Sufi. Sufi? <laughs> That would be the worst. What an indignity!
0: Oh, they must have done that around two thousand five. <laughs> yeah, you can really carbon date it because of the super- any interest in the, Su- <laughs> the Sufi plummeted <laughs> around two thousand six seven. The,
1: the Sufi <laughs> was the super finger made popular by
0: by what's this, <laughs> funny Cook? funny man Dane Cook, <laughs> who I guess somewhere that I've never actually seen. Is uh, He suggested you, that holding up your ring finger yeah, and your middle finger then it's super finger. means more than just doing the middle finger.
1: Yeah, it's really giving the finger. <sighs> You'll sometimes still occasionally see it as a vinyl decal on somebody's car.
0: Yeah, some faded.
1: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's
0: been a while. now
1: if you see that and you didn't know what it meant, that's what it is. On a
0: dumpster at Starbucks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so Puzzle Box Horror has a whole section called The Myths That Fuel the Superstition. Teresa Feldevert was, in life, a mysterious woman, which led many to believe that she was, in fact, a witch. Whether she ended up cursing, possessing, or simply haunting the statue was a source of some debate. Had she called some nameless evil to inhabit the angel? Hmm. Why are we asking these questions? I don't (laughs) know. What drives you to think? There's I mean, nothing to suggest that. No. Yeah. I know that we we use the macabre, of course, for entertainment ourselves here, but there's this whole realm of like.
1: Yeah, but you shouldn't be leading like...
0: questions to be like she was a witch.
1: Right. And Who's that's... to say
0: she wasn't a witch? <laughs> don't <laughs> like... Right. Okay. why
1: but she could have been right yeah <laughs> oh my god and like to some people that might be like very hurtful yeah to cool people it's awesome i know to but, the sick yeah exactly <laughs> to the
0: sick amongst us right but like, we salute st-
1: <laughs> but don't say stuff like that that could be like very hurtful it's really yeah it's, yeah. it's just bizarre
0: um or was it simply her evil
1: nature that caused the stuff? Oh my to turn god. Back? you don't know anything about this woman
0: <laughs> yeah all of these should end with I don't know. Yeah, right. I don't know because I don't know her. Was there really a severe storm that raged the night following Teresa's burial where a bolt of lightning struck the angel and turned it black? No. No. We already know. The myths become even more outlandish from there. Um, let's, let's just uh, jump because sure. there's, there's a lot of this sort of like just questions that don't have answers. Yeah. So there are evidently, here are some rules. We've compiled a list of simple rules to survive your encounter with the black angel.
1: Don't worry about it. (laughs) Just leave it alone. You'll be fine. There's
0: no reason for you to go here.
1: (laughs) And even if you go, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Number one, never touch or kiss the angel. To do so means an instant death, unless you're a virgin. Again, you shouldn't make it instant. Two, never kiss a girl.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) I can't believe
0: her. All right, I have to admit, I I copied these knowing that they'd probably be funny. I didn't read them yet. Oh, okay, great. Never kiss a girl near the angel in the moonlight. Or else the girl will die in six months.
1: Six months. That's a really long time. That's a really long
0: time. Anything might
1: happen. <laughs> That's six so months. specific. It sounds like it was written by somebody who like felt they had to go on a date for some reason, but they didn't want to have to kiss the date. Right. So then they take her to the black angel during the moonlight they're like, Oh, we can't do it now.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm safe. <laughs> right. Never touch the angel at midnight on Halloween. To do so means you'll die within seven years. wait a minute six months seven years virgin there's like a lot of i know who crafted these numbers and stipulations
1: it's like coding it's actually kind of hard to die yeah with the black angel you're right
0: if you're pregnant never walk beneath the statue's wings otherwise you'll risk a miscarriage okay number five if you happen to be a co-ed of the university of iowa then tradition states you must be kissed in front of the black angel but hopefully oh you're both virgins. There's no moon.
1: Yeah, then you'll be fine.
0: Then you'll be fine. But otherwise, It's not Halloween.
1: Yeah, you could die in six months to seven years.
0: Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait. There's a solution to all this. Oh. It was, it was looking me right in the face, and I just didn't bother to read it. Of course. Rule number six. <laughs> this is a huge one. This actually is going to change everything. Oh. In five seconds, when I finish reading this to you, this won't even be an urban legend anymore. Everything's going to be okay. Rule six... If a virgin is kissed in front of the angel, then the angel will return to its original bronze color and the curse will finally be lifted.
1: Oh my god. So just no virgins have kissed in front of this?
0: That's never happened once.
1: (laughs) That's so silly. If
0: a virgin is kissed in front of the angel, it'll return to its bronze.
1: I also feel like... It's very small. I feel like the phrasing of if a virgin is kissed, like I somebody's know. like bestowing true love's kiss onto yeah. the virgin and making them not a loser you or whatever. Help me? want to help me
0: lift yeah. the curse? Yeah. <laughs> the curse of Teresa Feldevert
1: <laughs> once and for all. Her bronze sheen will return again and will bask <laughs> in her light.
0: Huh, it's, a shame that, it's a shame that if you kissed me here, nothing would happen at all.
1: <laughs> because I'm not a virgin. Because I'm not a virgin. I do so much sex.
0: <laughs> so that's the story. That's the story of the black angel. Wonderful. A lot of complicated rules. You got to jot them down and fill out like a calendar of events.
1: Yeah, you really have to jump through hoops for this thing to dispatch you.
0: Oh, because they couldn't afford to make four more numbers at the wow. end of her death. I swear yeah. to God, that's the only reason. Yeah. That's my speculation that it's just because there's no death date.
1: I think that the sculpture that's is like it. creepy enough that it could have done it even with a death death date but certainly those things yeah combined. the
0: lack of a death date supercharges the angel statue which you're right Without is, question. is pretty imposing and, and eye-catching on yeah. its own. you're right about that for yeah. sure yeah
1: no it's just a perfect storm
0: and uh here on to our uh our next urban legend uh we're going to be talking about the legend of uh black anus
1: oh black anus black-
0: <laughs> that's right black agnes oh black also known as Black Anna or Black an- anus. anus, yes.
1: Right, there right. it is. Right,
0: there it is. Whoop, <laughs> there it is.
1: Boom. So, shakalaka, Shakalaka.
0: <laughs> this is the one where I mentioned I was like, I read a lot of like, like <laughs> real badass stuff about this urban legend. This, one's, nice. this one got pretty crazy. Yeah. So, The Legend of Black Anus.
1: Yeah. It's A-N-N-I-S, but come on. It's
0: definitely anus or Anis, but yeah. we'll, we'll be saying anus a lot anus. from here on out. Of course. <laughs> Just so you know, to the end of the episode, we'll be saying anus a mm-hmm. lot for a while. Yeah. Okay. A folklore legend that describes, now again, this is black anus. Yeah. A folklore legend that describes a blue-faced hag. Why? What are we doing? Right. What are we doing? Why this isn't is the it blue Anis? Blue anus. anus. Yeah. Uh, A blue-faced hag or witch with iron claws and a taste for human flesh, Mm. especially children.
1: I think I like this gal.
0: She's (laughs) (laughs) She's said to haunt the countryside of Leicestershire, living in a cave in the Dane Hills with a great oak tree at the entrance. She is said to venture out at night looking for unsuspecting children and lambs to eat, then tanning their skins by hanging them on a tree before wearing them around her waist. Oh, God. She would reach inside houses to snatch people. Legend has it she used her iron claws to dig her cave out of the side of a sandstone cliff, making herself a home there, which is known as Black Anus's Bower Close. That's awesome. The legend led... To parents warning their children that black anus would get them if they did not behave. Of course, classic urban legend stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of the second that I saw that that brief description where it's like she eats people, mostly children.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. It's a, a warning tale. It's a
0: it's a tradition mm-hmm. for centuries to find a way to get these
1: kids. To behave themselves, damn it! Yeah, not be doing dangerous stuff because otherwise, black anal's will get you. Anal's, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was also known to hide in the branches of her oak tree, waiting to leap upon unsuspecting prey, like a trap spider. This yeah. is she's.
1: You got to be careful <laughs> about here. To say in Leicestershire or whatever, you really gotta look sharp because black anus is going to take you by land or by air.
0: <laughs> Black Anus takes us all <laughs> by surprise. Yes. Where will you be when Black Anus strikes? <laughs> careful around the cliff. Careful around the cave. Mm-hmm. Careful in the trees.
1: Yeah. Careful at home. Danger. Just yeah, she'll reach into she'll, your home.
0: How crazy is that phrase? I love that. She'll yeah. reach into your home. Don't you just picture With her like iron talons. An enormous arm coming through a window and just plucking yes. a child up because he wouldn't eat his goddamn bratwurst.
1: Right, right. Eat it.
0: Finish. (laughs) Eat it, Jeremy. Other traditions state that when she ground her teeth, people could hear her, giving them time to bolt their doors and keep away from the window. Oh. So you hear like, yeah, because she's just lumbering around. She's
1: getting ready. She's like powering up,
0: grinding her teeth. And then somebody, a parent is like, lock the doors, close the windows. Let's all huddle in the middle of the room.
1: Yeah. I feel like you need to go to like the
0: storm cellar. Uh Oh, bad news, everybody. Rebecca didn't do her homework.
1: <laughs> so now Black Anus is on the march.
0: Now we're all scared.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. It is said that cottages in Leicestershire were purposefully built with small windows so that Black Anus could only Ooh, get a yeah. single. <laughs> I tried, I tried to sneak, try to sneak back to avoid saying anus, but you're Stop. right. I, ap- I I must apologize. Stop. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'll issue an official apology. Uh, so that black anus could only reach a single arm inside. Yeah. the windows were built smaller. That's awesome. When she howled, she could be heard five miles away. Then the cottagers would fasten skins across the windows and place protective herbs above it to keep themselves safe. So everyone's, everyone, she wears skins. She wears lamb and children's skin around her stomach. Yeah. Everybody else has to keep skins handy to put over the windows and then hang a little bit of basil above the door. (laughs) Isn't that that just seasoning? Yeah. Seasoning your your abode?
1: Seasoning the meat. Yeah. She's going to love it. It's like you just gave her a hand. I love it. <laughs> oh, I says. love it.
0: So there are some uh, theories of an origin. One popular theory was that Anus may be a sort of goddess mm-hmm. who sort of required human sacrifice. I read a little bit about how, like this is a sort of uh, a classic of, of mythology. Yeah, um, that Kali might have... Uh, I know I was
1: thinking that with like the um, heads around her waist., yep. that was the thing with Kali.
0: And uh, Demeter of Greek mm-hmm. mythology. Um, but there's a, a guy named Ronald Hutton who disagreed in a book that he wrote called the triumph of the moon, a history of modern pagan witchcraft. He suggested that black anus of Leicester's legend was based on a real person who was named Agnes Scott, a late medieval anchoress or by some, a Dominican nun who cared for a local leper colony who, uh, then uh lived a life of prayer in a cave in the Dane Hills and was buried in a churchyard in Swithland. Oh. I got I gotta look up where this actually I took it as Scotland, yeah. all, all this stuff, but I'm not I'm i I'm second guessing myself now. Hmm. Let me just chuck.
1: Sure. You know what she kind of reminds me of a little bit uh um, Lancaster like
0: Shire is I guess a place in England. Okay. All right.
1: Um she reminds me a little bit of Griela or Gryla, that yeah. like Christmas bad guy.
0: Totally. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this uh, writer also suggests that the memory of Agnes Scott was distorted into the image of Black Anus either to frighten local children or due to the anti-Anchorite sentiment that arose from the Protestant Reformation. Hmm. sure there are people who understand about that, that? I mean, I but that some means. sort of bias, right? Yeah. Um, in the Victorian era, the story of Agnes Scott, or Anus, became confused with the similarly named goddess Anu. Hmm. Um, and uh, they claim that Anus was the personification of a great goddess in crone form. Ah. Leading to interest from Wiccan groups. Mm-hmm. So, crones, I looked up a little bit about. Yeah. You're familiar with the, the concept of a, of a crone? Hell yeah, I am. Tell me, tell me what you know.
1: Maiden Mother Crone. Um, yeah, the triple goddess, it's sometimes called, okay. associated with Hecate. Okay, yes, um,
0: you've talked of, you've, you've, I hear, I've heard tell you've <laughs> spoken of Hecate.
1: That's right. So they are archetypes um, based on eras of life, and a crone is like super wise, basically. Okay, Moana's mm-hmm. grandmother. Definitely a crone, yes. Moana is in her maiden era. Okay. Her mom, unsurprisingly, is mother grandma's definitely crone
0: oh, okay shout moana. out to moana's grandma
1: oh i love moana's grandma will and zoe just showed me like 20 minutes of moana for the first time love the grandma
0: so such a cool character
1: it's beautiful looking too by the way if you haven't I seen know. moana get your eyes on this thing I, nobody yeah, unless you have a kid mm-hmm. for by and
0: large you may not have watched disney movies in a while right. yo special effects in kids <laughs> movies
1: some of them are truly absolutely beautiful it's truly gorgeous a it takes feast. place in hawaii it was a feast for the eyes i loved it U- use the word what oh i found it sumptuous sumptuous <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: so yes you i i looked up a little bit of crone because i was not super duper familiar but mm-hmm. everything that you just said makes perfect sense mm. uh to me given what i had looked up um, but I, I did get this that i just thought was cool phraseology According to the scholar Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Ah,
1: from uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. The crone is, quote, the one who sees far, who looks into the spaces between the worlds and can literally see what is coming, what has been, and what is now, and what underlies and stands behind many things. The crone represents the ability to see more than just with one's eyes alone, but to see with the heart's eyes, with the soul's eyes, through the eyes of the creative force and the animating force of the psyche. So basically, like you are so experienced in your life that you achieve a sort of, uh, your wisdom Mm -hmm. uh, is is great and needed.
1: Yes, right, definitely. Yeah, they all kind of help each other. What I just said, she wrote a book. It's a really big, fat book. It's kind of hard to get through, but it's like a feminist I like those skinny books that you can read with supper. (laughs) I know. Kind of more like a pamphlet. Yeah. Um, but it's like a cult classic book called women who Run with wolves mm-hmm. and it's using a lot of like allegory and fairy tale stuff to basically talk about um, feminism and women's strength and it definitely has kind of like um, like magical mystical uh flavor to it it's a good book but it's a it's a biggie now how about uh, dances give, give it with a goog. Wolves never seen it
0: never seen it Kevin no, Costner it a big deal.
1: no he's supposed to be hot in it I feel like that was really? like a 90s like ooh Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves but I'd have never seen it
0: you know what I associate with Kevin Costner William Denim
1: me too me too if I picture Kevin Costner in my mind it's him like all in denim in the field of dreams yeah. I don't even know if he's ever in the field of dreams posing with, with a baseball bat yeah mm-hmm. looking
0: a little smug Americana well yeah American boy he's not doing so well now is he
1: not Well, no, no, no. (laughs) He's he's like in a fight to get out of his Yellowstone contract, which he actually might have by now. And also his wife divorced him. And I don't know. It seems. I don't know.
0: Oh, Kevin. Oh,
1: Kev. Kevin!
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's me in the middle of the night when I realize Kevin Costner's in danger.
1: (laughs) He's not okay. Kevin!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Catherine O'Hara at Home Alone. Yeah. Okay. There's a poem about uh, Black Anus that I'm going to read to you now. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, many of the modern conceptions of black anus were popularized in a poem by John Hayrick, given in full in a book called Country Folklore, but excerpted here. Excerpt? Excerpt? Excerpted. Excerpted.
1: Excerpted. You got it. (laughs) Tis, me, me, me. Want to do a little spritz?
0: Me, 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 (laughs) me. Yeah, let me do a spritz here. Everybody listen. Will's uh, throat spray? ASMR of a throat spray.
1: There you go. Ooh,
0: cherry. Okay. "'Tis said the soul of mortal man recoiled to view Black Anus's eye so fierce and wild. Vast talons foul with human flesh, there grew in place of hands, and features livid blue glared in her visage, whilst her obscene waist warm skins of human victims close embraced. Not without terror." they the cave survey, where hung the monstrous trophies of her sway. Tis said that in the rock, large rooms were found, scooped with her claws beneath the flinty ground. That's awesome. Black anus. There's also evidently a, a ritual to protect yourself, which is, uh, I mean, you know, 200 yeah. years ago, but just like not not my idea of a good Saturday night. Yeah, right. Anus was also represented in a monstrous cat form, a legend of which led to a local ritual in early spring when a dead cat would be dragged oh, before a pack of hounds to celebrate the end of winter.
1: Yikes. That's... Remember, uh, Grilla had a Yule cat. It was like a gigantic cat. You're right. It was a giant man-eating cat. Wow. Yeah, who ate anyone not wearing new clothes for Christmas.
0: Oh, sorry. I know. Yeah, Quirky didn't get a, a brand new sweater, so he's got to be... a He's going to be eaten by the Yule Cat. A cat's delicious supper. <laughs> cat's delight. That's not a cat's delight. <laughs> um, uh, uh, this custom died out at the end of the 18th century. That sounds right. There had to have... Uh, somebody just must have been like, all right, winter's over, but do we have to drag a dead cat around?
1: Right, can we not? Can we just let this one
0: by the way sign. And
1: let's see if it's okay because it might be okay and then we just don't have to do this. We will be fine. Yeah. We'll right. be fine. And right. they
0: were. Black anus never bothered anyone again. That's right. Ooh, so there you black
1: go. Anus, boom,
0: boom, <laughs> black <laughs> anus. <dim>, black br- anus. <laughs> so there you go, everybody. Yes. The stories of uh, uh the dog boy, mm-hmm. black Aggie, black angel. Yep. And uh, uh Black Anus. Of
1: course. So we hope you enjoyed as we blaze through those bees. We'll be back to do more of them in a future episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll see you next week with something else kooky. Yeah. Um. As we said before, you can go to patreon.com slash pod if you'd like to get a ton of other episodes. In addition to those bonus episodes I was talking about, we also have commentaries for all of the Scream movies, yeah. all of the Twilight movies. Um, the Discord is just a, a cool place, and we appreciate so much uh, your support over there. So thank you very much.
0: We, we very, very, very much do. Yeah, thank you to everyone. Um, in case you're wondering, if you ever go to the uh, Urban Legends list, We should have done Black-Eyed Children somewhere around here or Bloody Mary, but we've done them previously on the show. So go back and look. If you're done with this episode and you want more of this kind of stuff, Black-Eyed Children we covered in episode two, Mm -hmm. Bloody Mary we covered in episode 22.
1: Beautiful. So we are holding
0: true. We will at some point have done every urban legend.
1: Everything.
0: On the face of the earth.
1: That's right. No urban legend is safe.
0: No, it's really not from us. Mm -mm. At Pod, follow us. At Chillin' Kristen at The Myth Traveler. As Christy said, we'll be back next week for more spooky stuff. But until that time comes, we must travel.
1: Back to the netherworld, go away oh. Woo! Do you think the rest of bees are going to be like mostly the word black? Yeah. Still? I absolutely. Because it's like a scary color. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Perfect that, for urban legends. Even Black Anus was,
0: she had a blue face.
1: I know that's so. There's a
0: connotation of some spookiness or whatever. Yeah,
1: it sounds good. It does, mm-hmm. but why? If she's blue, she's blue. I know it should be blueiness then. It doesn't so, make any sense. It's absurd.
0: The it world is, is a lie.
1: Yeah, it is.